RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Like getting the band back together. If the band has new people on a new stage doing new songs, but totally like getting the band back together. It's Monday night. It's 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Ray Kasharma. And this is our band! (laughs) (laughs) All right. So each week on Mission Log Live, when there's a new Star Trek, we are here to discuss it with you, our Star Trek pals. Picard, Episode 3, The End If the Beginning has ended or begun. One of those two things happened. What's the latest? How do we feel about setting off on a mission now? And why in the world would you want an EMH who looks like you? Click on the Zoom meeting link, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone, or you can call us at 669-900-6833 and enter the meeting code you see on the screen. Earl. Hey, Earl. He's also part of the band. (laughs) Earl will patch you through to us, and then it's time to give us the lowdown. Oh, yeah. Whether you are joining us live or later, please do remember to hit like, hit share, and invite your friends to join us for lively Trek discussions each week. It is truly the best way to validate our very existence. Again, that number to call us tonight and share your comments and questions about Picard at 669-900-6833 or use the one tap from your smartphone or better yet, just click on the Zoom meeting link. Reka, I I was gone for a week. Uh, I I came back and just all I heard about was sunglasses, sunglasses, sunglasses. And so I, I decided that I would just join in the fun and uh, and do the show like this first time ever that uh, that I've done Mission Log Live with sunglasses on. Is it um, the first time you've worn your sunglasses at night, though? No. No, it's okay. not. <laughs> but but on a Star Trek-related podcast, mm. it is the first time that I have worn my sunglasses. And I know apparently this was just a right. huge deal. It's a very big deal in Star Trek world. So, right. um, so you know, I, I had to just go like, no, I'm not going to do that for the whole show. Hey, look, it's oh, I'm back. I'm back, everybody. Look, hey, it was almost like, like last week when somebody else's face was your face. I know, right? I heard surgically altered and all. Yeah, it was oh, such a thing. But hey, yeah. now is the time on the show. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to alter this one bit where we get to say hello to everybody who's in the chat. Well, we tried to say hello to everybody. Uh, Who do we have there? Yeah, there's Craig. There's Tate. Um, oh, Tate pointing out one of my favorite notes. Uh, I'll get to later after we do the recap for sure. Cool. We got Paul, we got Steven. Hey, uh, uh, Steven saying first time watching live. Hello all. So hey, Steven. hello, Steven. That's so cool. We got Chris Riker. We got Kayla or Kalia. Sorry. I don't want to miss, uh, mispronounce your name there. Did they switch to Mondays? Yes. And you found us. Here we are. Yay. Um, and then we've got, uh, who do we have? We have Brian. We have Scott Palm. What up, Scott Palm? We got David. We got other Steve. We got Chuck. Uh, we got Josh. Uh, Josh is saying hello to both of us. Hello, Reka. Hello, John. We got Carlos. Uh, we got so many people saying hi. Uh, there's other Dave. See, I mean, you have a, like an entire Dave fan club. Uh, yeah, all the I Daves. Yeah. The Daves. These are the Daves I know. <laughs> Part of I'm Canadian. so glad you know that. <laughs> I'm so, oh man, that takes me right back. Kids in the hall. Well done. Uh, it's a Canadian thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we got Egan, we got uh, Eric, we got Ron, everybody. So hello to everybody who's joining us live tonight. So appreciate you dropping by and uh, do what some people have already done, which is they have called in, they have hit the Zoom link, and they will be talking about Picard with us momentarily. A little bit of business to get to before we do that, but mm. we will be on the line with you very, very soon. Uh Hey, we got a thing coming up this week. Um, What's that? It is Valentine's Day, Friday, right? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Not, not yep. that I'm totally on top of those things, but Valentine's Day is Friday. So on Thursday night, we actually have a VR event in Sansar, sansar.com. Nice. Uh, you can go there and uh, launch, uh, get a free account. 
Uh, just sign up, use your PC, not Mac-based yet, but it's okay. Use your PC. You can either use your uh, uh, Oculus uh, goggles or you can just do it in desktop mode. And it's great. We have Bianca Nasca. She is the Hollywood love coach. What? Yes. yes. Amazing. For real, right? So she's going to help you. What, right. Me, like me specifically. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you're saying. Yeah. I thought we were friends. Thank you. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm on your side. You okay. need help. So, it's so we've got everybody. Everybody just know this. Uh, so we've got Bianca coming in to join us. And we're actually going to talk about uh, love and relationships and sex in Star Trek. Ooh. So that'll be our focus for that hour. Joining us 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, Thursday night in Sansar. So definitely come by and check that out. That'll be a blast. And and look, there are other things on the calendar, other things that we'll announce a little further down the road, but that's the big thing coming up. Um, but before we get to the recap, what if we talk about our poll question? Now, I wasn't here yeah. last week. You have to bring me up to speed, Reka. So last right. week, you and Norman had a poll. We did, and it was, yeah. uh, it was profanity in Picard. That's the question. So we had uh, our two categories were fuck yeah, which came in at a whopping 60%. Oh. And F no, <laughs> which was 40%. So, you know, uh, not quite 50-50, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually a lot I'm of diverse opinions here. I'm surprised that it leans toward feck yeah. I'm actually surprised. I'm surprised it, too. Yeah. How do you feel about it, just personally? Well, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I thought the use of it was not uh, excessive. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was pointed, you know. Um, uh, when the, oh, geez, I've already forgotten her name. Clancy? Oh, oh the, the, the Admiral, yes. Yeah. yes. When yeah. she says it to Picard, mm-hmm. it, as an actor, I'm like yeah. looking at that line and I'm like, yes. Because in that moment, she's so angry that she can't say the right word. And it's just pure emotion that comes out Yeah, when she, when she uses the profanity in that moment. And then the other, one, the other moment was true to character. I thought it wasn't, um, you know, when that woman I love says it. Yes. I can't remember anybody's Rocky. name. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm really of two minds about it. Like, I, I think it was played well. I yes. think both actors are great. Um, but I, I really look, I don't want them to overuse it. Yes. Um, and we, we've had you. very minor incidents of profanity, Star Trek four and uh, Nemesis. And e- even if you want to uh, go out on a limb and just say McCoy saying, damn it, Jim, you know, it, sure. Yeah. If you have very sensitive ears. Okay. Um, but there's still a part of me that says, I want Star Trek to be accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to be one sort of bar that people put up like it's one of the reasons that on our podcast we don't have profanity in the podcast so we can maintain a non-explicit have i ruined that already find it What's that? i think i ruined that last you ruined week. it thank you great yeah, way to sorry. go i leave for one week and then just yeah, yeah i mean you hire me to do a job you need to tell me what the rules are <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I want everybody to be able to find it, but at the same time, like I want the drama to be on point and I want yeah. the actors to be, uh, you know, I want them to be, Oh, by the way, Earl says that he bleeped the audio version. So you're saved. Oh, thanks yeah. Earl. You're okay. He's got so, my back. <laughs> lucky you. Um, well, look, I think this will be a thing that we continue to talk about as new track comes out. Yeah, and let's reality. see what they do with it. I think it was yeah. a little crazy to do, you know, double F-bomb in the one episode, but maybe they just, you know, got it out of their system and now yeah. it'll just be yeah, peppered maybe. lightly. Maybe that's know. it. Um, well, this week we asked you a new poll question. Mm-hmm. I said, choose your hologram. 
EMH or ENH. So we had the emergency medical hologram. Then we had the emergency navigation hologram. Mm. Um, 46, I'm actually a little surprised here. 46% of you said EMH. 54% of you said ENH. Um, there's so much to unpack here. The idea of having an emergency hologram that looks like you, but with a different voice. I think is hilarious and wonderful and <laughs> maybe psychologically very disturbing, yeah. <laughs> you know, a little narcissistic, a little bit. Yeah. But then I also, I mean, he's not nice to him at all. Right. So maybe it's the opposite of narcissism. It's more like, you know, uh, masochism. Oh, Ooh, yeah, you may be right. Interesting. Yeah. By the way, uh, Barry, our, our buddy Barry says, Reka, don't fracking change. Aw, thanks, man. Yeah. Isn't that nice? I fracking won't. <laughs> <laughs> we cheated. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that was our question this week. And, uh, and I tell you what, without further ado, because I know that there are people waiting to chat with us, uh, some, some strong opinions and uh, uh, deep thoughts it. to cover in this episode. Uh, if you'll indulge me, I'll do a quick recap, and then we will get to our first callers. Yes, please. Here we go. Now, recap of Picard, the end is the beginning. Just in case you forgot, Mars did indeed get attacked 14 years ago. Or to put it another way, <laughs> that leads us to another kind of flashback in 2385 at Starfleet, where Picard and Raffi let us in on what went wrong. Picard had a plan to use old ships and crews of synthetics to help the remaining Romulans, but now synthetic life forms are banned throughout the Federation. That leaves those Romulans who need rescuing out of luck, and it leaves Picard out of a job because he straight up quit Starfleet, who were unwilling to look at any alternative plans to help the Romulans in need. Oh, and that leaves Raffi to getting fired because she was part of Picard's plan. Now, in the present day, Picard and Raffi are not exactly on the best of terms, but she's the only person he can ask to help him to find a ship and ultimately find Bruce Maddox and Data's other daughter. She's not receptive, at least until Picard points out Romulan conspiracy with Starfleet, and then that strikes a nerve since she'd been saying that all along. Okay, she knows someone. His name is Rios. Checking into the Borg Cube, sorry, Romulan Operated Reclamation Center, Dr. Asha gets a visit from, hey, it's Hugh. He's impressed that she shows a sensitivity toward the work with the XBs, and she's going to, and he's going to grant her access to Ramda, someone Asha has been asking to see for a while. And when she does, what she finds is a room full of very unfortunate souls. The few, the only Romulans who were ever assimilated, all of them experiencing a type of psychosis. At the Daystrom Institute, Dr. Gerardi is just hanging out, having a picnic, admiring the view of Cloud City. When she's visited by Commander O, oh, you know who she is. Oh, you better believe she's up to something. Oh, my. She'd like to have a word about Agnes's recent visits with Picard. And where is Picard? Well... He pays a visit to meet Captain Rios on his ship, La Sirena. Rios is a little rough around the edges, you might say, especially with a chunk of shrapnel sticking out of his shoulder. Lucky he's got an EMH who bears a striking resemblance to himself to help patch him up. Picard pegs him for what he is, ex-Starfleet, which means he's more than capable. Rios says to not get in his head, though. He's just there for the job. Now, Raffi has been doing a little digging. I mean, she says she's not, but she totally is. What comes up? Some kind of code word? Free cloud? Hang on that. Hang on to that for a minute, okay? Soji Asha is trying to connect with Ramda through pictograms and speaking a bit of Romulan, too. She's actually breaking through, and the two connect with a kind of understanding that mythology and reality are blending together in symbolism. Ramda is special. She was on the last ship assimilated by this cube right before its matrix collapsed. Something strikes a nerve the longer they talk. She asks Soji, which sister is she? The one who lives or the one who dies? 
Suddenly, she leaps up, grabs a gun from a guard, and points it at Soji, saying she knows who she is, but then she turns the weapon on her own head. Soji jumps up, grabbing the weapon. Hugh steps in to settle things down. Later, Soji calls her mother, very upset by all this, and asks about Daj. Oh, Daj is fine, she's told, and those soothing sounds of home must be really soothing because Soji is now fast asleep. Having returned to the chateau one last time, Picard says his goodbyes and collects a few things before heading off. Before he can go, wouldn't you know it, a Romulan hit squad shows up to do some damage, and that's where Zaban and Laris really show us their skills. Sure, they can cook and keep the chateau looking good, but they can also kick some serious butt. Agnes Gerardi happens to show up at exactly the wrong slash right time as well, getting in the last shot and freaking herself out while our two Romulans try to extract some info out of the one who they didn't kill. Too bad that acid trick works again, and the Romulan doesn't reveal anything we didn't already know. After her slumber, Soji is awakened by Narek, because, of course, she's confused about having known details of Ramda's life that she hadn't been told. After they embrace... It's time for perfectly tousled Romulan to have a chat with perfectly statuesque Romulan sister, looking considerably more Romulan now. They chatter, they barb. Gosh, it's tough to be so mysterious and good-looking all the time. What do you know? Be careful. No, you be careful. <laughs> Dr. Gerardi makes it known that she's going with Picard. After the visit by Commander Oh Hell No!, and the desire to see the other twin for herself, she has to go. So be it. On board La Sirena, there's another surprise. It's Raffi, and she's aboard just for the free trip. She's going to free cloud, but once there, she's no longer part of this mission. Time to give the word, so the word is given. Time to engage, and La Sirena and our heroes are on their way. The end. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's very kind of you. Um, ooh, I like this. Rick already in the chat says, I'm crushing on Laris. She's tough, smart, and sassy. Right? I. How cool are they? I mean, The best. Yeah. The it's, best. And it, it's nice to see, like, Star Trek has already been, uh, already and has in the past been about sort of non-traditional casting where they can and, and doing more so more recently. I like to see a couple of characters who are middle-aged, like, you know, and we even did this with Picard to begin with. You know, famously, yeah. Gene was so against having this middle-aged bald guy as the captain. But I like having these characters who are rich and complex mm -hmm. and can carry off an action scene. And yeah. just don't look like the typical characters who would. Yeah. So, 100% agreed. So cool. Hey, um, I know that you and I both have notes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would love to get to those. But we have callers who have been Let's waiting start with so them. patiently. And I believe right off the bat, joining us with video, we have uh, Egan. Are you there, sir? How's it going tonight? Hey, Egan. Oh, wait, we can't hear we can't you. Hear. You are muted, and it's a tragedy. Uh, I mute myself. There, oh, there we, we go. go. There we go. There we go. We saw your mouth moving. We thought it was going to be fascinating, but we couldn't hear you. So uh, what's up, sir? Uh, well, hello, John and Reka. Uh, by the way, Reka, I ordered some Picard ramen this weekend. Very oh. tasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Romulan noodles. Yeah. Is it, made with real, these days. is it made with real Picard? I'm not sure. I just It's uh, it's made with authentic Picard. I see. Um, uh, uh, and, and Romulan. Oh, okay, very good. Well, it wow. was it was delicious. I just wanted to mention that. Uh, this Thank evening. you. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. After hazing the the host, I have to say something positive. Um, John, like when Whoopi Goldberg joined Star Trek: The Next Generation and brought like legitimacy to you know this uh, silly little you know sci fi show. I yeah. think uh, I think uh, you know having Reka here join. Uh, silly nerds that call into this, you know, Star Trek show. It, no kidding, right? Yeah. Aww. So I, yeah, yeah. Thanks I, to thank you, Reka, for you know, uh, bringing everything up a lot here. You know, Carl, I, I owe, I'm, I owe, I'm, I'm honored. I, I owe everybody here at the office, and I owe Reka like crazy. So um, yes, so you are not wrong, sir, and thank you, Reka, for making us all look good. Aww. 
Well, uh, I, I don't know about that. I think it's a team effort, but uh, but since you said you owe me, you know, yeah. I have a Venmo account, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair. I mean, I was thinking a beer, but you know. Okay. Okay. Cool. Sure. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Get right. paid in beer. Yeah. That's you know. That's how it all starts. You know, comics have that problem. You get paid in drinks. <laughs> right. And they right. wonder why comedians are alcoholics. Jesus. I, I'm try- <laughs> trying to relate to your Canadian background. That's all I know. That's all okay. I understand. Right. Poutine. We can have some poutine. Oh, poutine. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, and honestly, one of my favorite things about the uh, Vancouver airport the lounge coming out of Air Canada, uh, Molson Canadian on tap, just oh. right there in the lounge. Okay. So I didn't I, even know that. I have nothing to do in Vancouver, but I'm thinking about booking a trip this year just so I can go to the lounge again. So. <laughs> okay. Wait right. till I'm there. We'll okay, you together. got it. Done. All right. Done. Egan, I'm sure you have some other things to say besides just showering <laughs> us with compliments. I promise I have one a real thing to chew on here in a second, but I just wanted to also mention that, uh, you know, it feels like Star Trek is really cool for the first time. Um, yeah, right. For example, um, I mean, uh, wait, I, like I watch all of these different like breakdowns of Marvel movies and Star Wars movies. You know, these huge things, right? But those same folks, like IGN, Nerdist, uh, uh, um, um, uh, uh, New Rockstars, etc., uh, they're making, they're doing like breakdowns and recaps of Picard. Yeah, um, right. That's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. so I just wanted to mention that. Like, no, it's true. Yeah, I talked to somebody in the, the Bank of America the other day. He helped me out, and uh, I mentioned the podcast, and and he said he heard about it from Nerdist. Wow! Right yeah. on. All right. So I think he's going to tune cool. in and join us. I hope Very he does. Cool. Awesome. Hey, Bank of America guy, if you're watching, yeah, thanks. Call in. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> But the thing I was going to mention to actually, you know, like have you guys chew on a little bit is um, money and wealth in the world of Star Trek. Uh, you know, there's this moment in the in episode three that really piqued my interest quite a bit, and that's when Rafi's sitting out there at Vasquez Rock, which is actually Vasquez Rock in the show, and I was like, <laughs> oh no, it's not the Gorn planet, darn it! You know? Yes, um, yes. But uh, um, <sighs> there is this sense of have and have nots. Picard on his chateau, exactly winery, uh, and Rafi, you know, is like in this—I don't know—mobile home or something. Mm -hmm, So, said a little something, you know, about have and have-nots in the future. Um, And I just wanted to see what you guys thought all about that. How did that land for you? It's a great question. I want to know how it hit you. Well, I, you know, uh, I'm drawing back to, you know, things that have been said in Next Generation and uh, the original series where they said things like, you know, our society is built on bettering ourselves, Mm. right? It's the accumulation of intelligence, uh, not money. Um, Definitely Picard has done a lot of amazing things in his, you know, in that world. Um, uh, And, uh, and maybe, I don't know, Rafi's abuse of vaping or drugs or whatever she's doing there. Mm. Maybe that lesser down. I don't know, but like, who's, who's deciding this, right? Yeah. If there is no exchange of some physical object or whatever, so I just found that really fascinating. And she was very um, bitter. Uh, yeah. Uh, of this uh, situation, um, so I just found it really, really fascinating. It's the first time we've really seen it from like on Earth in Star Trek. We've only heard about it a little bit here and there while it's sitting on a bridge of a starship or something yeah Egan, I, i'm with you it's uh it's in my notes I, I i i literally wrote down i'm looking at it right now bias and privilege and hierarchy versus relating intimacy and empathy and connection and that's a big theme that i'm seeing this episode and certainly particularly with them it's like you, you know, in, in running away from their problems, <laughs> you know, that uh, privilege and the hierarchy and, and all of that has been amplified by their tragedy, by their difficult time. It's like it just got worse. And instead of reaching out and connecting and sharing and you know, if you want to look at it from a political structure point of view too, of like where society is at and what 
you know, this world is that they've created. It's not a socialist structure. They've both chosen to isolate. It's more, I have what I have, you have what you have, and I'm just going to take care of me, which is very capitalist in, in its sort of theory, theory I think. Um, yeah, and it's hurtful. And it's hurtful. And you can see how, uh, you know, Rafi feels so victimized by the system and getting shunted and, and all, you know, the, the tragedy that befell her. And, uh, and there was somebody with privilege who didn't reach out. And not only is the relationship and the story present, but the fact that she is a woman of color and he is a white man. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't yeah. think about the fact that she might be having a hard time is a powerful, powerful scene. You know, it, it's interesting, both of you, because uh, as as we've all discussed, uh, our weekends and day have kind of uh, uh, not been how we stacked them up to be. So Reka and I did not have a chance to talk about the show today before no. doing our broadcast. And I have not looked at your notes. You've not looked at my no. notes. Um, and I took the exact same note uh, that Egan is calling about and that, that you so eloquently have described here. I said, why does Picard live in a huge estate with servants while Rafi lives in a self-described hovel in Vasquez Rocks? Specifically Vasquez Rocks. I do love that. Um, and she notices and she is resentful because, of course, she is. We're on Earth, which supposedly has abundant resources, but clearly there are haves and have-nots, exactly as you described it. And I, uh, I, I'm glad that they pointed this out. Partly because there was always sort of, uh, I felt like a loose thread, even when you go back to the TOS days, and then it, it is carried on through 24th century Star Trek as well, which is people are trying to get off of Earth. Um, there's a lot that we see of Earth that is great. Uh, we see a lot of Starfleet headquarters. Uh, we do see a little bit of New Orleans uh, in the 24th century in DS9. Uh, at least a great restaurant and a great house. Um, but there are people who want to leave and go have a different kind of life elsewhere. And my question is, what is it that they're trying to leave? Because apparently Earth has actually done quite well for itself and we've gotten past the the physical and material problems that we can relate to now. So this was a surprise. Um, but it also said to me, you know, something that I'm finding interesting about Deep Space Nine, which is as good as a future as we can create, as much on board as we can decide to be ideologically and with our empathy and compassion for others to make sure that there, uh, there is no one actually left behind when it comes to their basic needs. Somebody somewhere is having a worse day than somebody else. Yeah. There is somebody at one end of the universe who does not have all the privileges and all the materials that somebody else does, even as much as you try to make sure that you're all playing with sort of equal footing. Mm -hmm. um, I really wondered if they were going to go more deeply into it. I did also ask myself if, because uh, you know they, they showed Rafi um, the vaping and what what did she call it? I, I can't remember the name. Snake like, leaf or snake something. Weed, snake leaf or something yeah. like that, which you have to assume is a drug. And the question is, is it addictive? What are the, the problems that come along with it? Um, is that hindering her in her ability to, to go do what she would rather be doing? Which then raises a whole other question. If it does hinder her, is she able to get help for that if she decided she wanted to do something else? Mm -hmm. So there are all these complications on this character, um, which were in very stark contrast to Picard. I'm glad they introduced it. It does contradict maybe what we had in mind. Um, when you look at an episode like uh, The Neutral Zone from the end of uh, season one of Next Gen, where Picard just gets to stroll into the 20, 20th century uh, unfrozen uh, uh, corpses and say, well, in the 24th century, we figured it all out. We just better ourselves. See ya. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it sounds good. It sounds great. But what about those who don't or can't or won't? 
there have to be others. So, or maybe it's uh, how um, you know Starfleet folks are viewing the world because they do live in a very very privileged scenario, right? Granted, they went to school and they yeah. work hard and all this kind of stuff, right? But um, maybe they forget a little bit too, you know. So it's right. It's very fascinating. I, I, I hope they talk about it more. Yeah, I me too. too. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I know is that uh, Patrick Stewart or Christmas Carol poster? Yes, it, it is. Yes, nice. it is. Nice. Uh, I, I was oh, able to wow. go to it. Uh, twice. Um, this was like back in the late nineties. Um, and, uh, I was very, I was very lucky to, I was telling uh, the, the folks in the waiting room earlier that this is back before like getting tickets on the internet reliably. So I, you know, had a call and then it was busy. So I had to hang up and call again and hang up and call again. And I, two years in a row, I managed to get tickets and see it. And it was the greatest <laughs> Uh, acting, play, stage, uh, performance, whatever the greatest thing I've ever seen um, to this day. And he, I know they, he just did it again a few weeks ago in New York. Oh, um, wow. So if anybody ever gets a chance to see it, it is amazing. It was like 20 years ago for me now. And Incredible. I still remember it like it was yesterday. The man is brilliant. I've seen him on stage and, uh, you know, you uh-huh. just take notes as an actor. <laughs> oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> too, too cool. Hey, um, Egan, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I really want to thank you. I, I appreciate the notes. I'm glad that we, we're all of the same mind tonight thinking, hey, here's a, yeah. here's a thing. It's a good one. <laughs> so, thanks for calling in, and uh, yeah. we'll see you again next week, I hope. Thank you, John. Thank you, Rekha. Have a great right, Cheers. Take care. Thank you. Hey, uh, Rekha, I know that we have a few, but we have the Vice Admiral, we have Paul, and we have Eric who are hanging on to talk to us. I, awesome. I want to ask everybody just for like 20 seconds. We we don't actually have an ad this week, but I do want to show off something mm-hmm. that I got in the mail the other day. But yeah, what? it's Kirk. the Star Trek Kirk Fu book. There it is. So this is by uh, our friend Dayton Ward, noted Star Trek novelist. And uh, it is hilarious. I'm just going to like random page. You open it up and then there's Kirk like showing you how to do a roll, how to do a kick. Amazing. And my favorite thing is that every every cartoon, every bit is like four images, right? How to yeah. do the action. And in the fourth one, his shirt is always ripped, no matter oh. what. <laughs> always. So <laughs> that's, this is the greatest thing. And, uh, and I, yeah, I love it. My, one of my favorite Halloween co- uh, costumes is uh, Rip Shirt Kirk. I'm, I'm Act 3 Kirk, uh, whenever <laughs> I wear that one. So, yeah, so there it is. It just came out, and uh, this is from Insight Editions, insighteditions.com. So you can find it on Amazon as well. Um, and, yeah, thank you, Dayton, for uh, getting them in touch with us. Illustrations by Christian Cornea, Cornea something like that. I'm sorry if I said it wrong, but Dayton, thank you. And uh, this is amazing. So So cool. There we go. That is our, our non ad ad break. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, Hey, let's, uh, let's welcome the vice admiral onto the show. Shall we? Yes. Yes. John, Rick, how are you both doing tonight? Hey, how are you doing, sir? How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. Excellent. So much to talk about with this episode, but I have to, Having not come up with a particular thing, I have to go back to what Rekha said earlier about, okay, why does Rios have holograms of himself? <laughs> and I, 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 I'm thinking about what you were saying. Is it because perhaps he's still haunted by whatever happened at the, in the past there, and he wants to berate himself as often as possible in a way that is far more perhaps direct than uh, folks normally get a chance to do? Oh, I, I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I uh, I think there's a lot of themes in the show about PTSD. About you know they've all gone through war and you know Mars, etc. Mm-hmm. It's it's been it's been brutal, and uh, and he certainly talks about you know I love how in this entire episode nobody wants to go. Right. Not a single person. Except for Jean-Luc, because he knows he has nothing to lose. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing, though. <laughs> None of them have a lot to, to lose mission. anyway. So why not 
do this thing. Yeah, but they're all traumatized. They're all right. dealing with trauma. Wow. Well, what do you think, yeah. John? I, I th- this is such an interesting idea that you know he gets to he gets to interact. But at the same time, it's this kind of self-imposed punishment where he's just always dealing with the voices in his head. Mm. You know, he's always dealing with a version of himself. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it's um, see, I, I thought a, I, I took a much, I, I guess, more kind of like pragmatic or mm. or simplistic look at it. I mean, to me, like I change the voice on Siri on my phone or my HomePod every now and then. I'll just say, oh, today is going to be English male. Tomorrow it'll be Australian female, whatever, just to break it up a little bit. Um, So I was amused that his holograms had different accents. And that's probably important just so he can tell them apart when he, you know. Right. Right. Ooh, ooh, but maybe they mess with them. Like, you know, if they're smart, if they're smart (laughs) like the EMH on Voyager, (laughs) they somewhere in the circuitry behind those wall panels, they get together and like, okay, today you do the English accent. (laughs) And then they just, oh, that's so good. And we'll pretend. Yeah, yeah, the initial reaction a lot of people had is that, okay, maybe he's just a narcissist. But looking at what we, what little we know of his character, I cannot imagine that that's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... You know what I just thought of now is there may be some functionality to it in terms of um, being able to employ it in case of emergency, you know, just being able to uh, have a fabrication of himself Mm -hmm. to fool other people on his ship. That's probably also true. I I know I've seen some people already saying, well, maybe he's one too, but I think that whole initial Mm -hmm. scene with shrapnel in him and blood is probably meant to prove right off the bat that that is not the case. Right. Yep. Well, I yep. think that was mostly just so we could see his chest. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what else? I, that, that is a fascinating idea, and it, it does indeed reveal something about the psychology of the character. I, I, I really yeah. like going with that and seeing where that goes. Um, what, what else? Any other uh, uh, points oh, or tons, notes you'd like to share? But, okay, all right. I'll keep it short because yeah, you know there's more. There's a, a bunch of people in yeah. line tonight, yeah, and I want to yeah. make sure they get a chance. But mm-hmm. one other one that isn't one of the bigger ones, perhaps, is okay. So Daj and and uh, and their sister, their 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 backstory is recent, right? Maybe a year or or a little more, right? As far as we know, and uh, that being the case, <clears throat> they both seem to be on a mission, and that mission took one of them to Earth to supposedly go to Daystrom, where Bruce Maddox last was, and the other one is in a a place where she seems to have... I'm not going to say it's a programming thing. I I have have a feeling she's actually somehow talking to the collective about some of this history that she's pulling up out of nowhere, like the language of of the the guy on the table that nobody even knew his species, but she had managed to speak in his native language so is she actually somehow networked in without even knowing it because she doesn't seem to be conscious of doing that and in the meantime did they both go on a mission for maddox for specific purposes that will then come together i think that's probably likely Hmm. i yeah i mean i think we have to land there We, we we have to land that they they are programmed with something connected to whatever Maddox wanted out of them, whatever he designed them to do, whatever their quote-unquote mission is. But the the connection is very interesting, that, yeah, she's speaking a language that nobody else knows to a species that nobody else recognizes. She knows details about Ramda that nobody else knows, and she doesn't understand how she yeah. got that information. These but are the all- ship... The, the cube knew. That's my. That's the. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- these were all fascinating little details, and I, I think they had. I can't remember if it was in this episode or the last one. They said that the the programming was probably no more than about three years old for either of them. Yeah, I think um, that was right. So yeah, so the, it's just cramming a lot of data into that point, which, um, and I mean data with little d. Right. Um, uh, I, I guess what's interesting is, you know, Maddox has been gone and the Starfleet uh, synthetics program has been shut down since the attack on Mars from 14 years ago. So all of this still has happened relatively recently since all that was shut down. How did they get to where they then started to live their lives? Mm-hmm. This is something we definitely don't know. And this is all post-attack 
post shutdown of that program, is it Maddox? Why is he tinkering away now at this point uh, to make something happen? We, I, who know? We we got uh, we got seven more episodes to find. Lot to learn. Lot to learn. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anything else tonight? Uh, no, I'll let other folks get in here. It's always great to talk to both of you. Um, I'll be at uh, Ca- Capricorn in Chicago this coming weekend, having uh, having a drink with some folks. Uh, awesome. In- thinking of you guys so nice. have fun and uh i didn't know that capricorn was a thing have you have you gone to that Rika? i don't think so yeah it's a, it's a smaller it's it's a it's an amazing fan run con that, that i've been to many times it's it's big it's it's big for a fan run con it's 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 uh, wonderful it's pleasant and uh, as it happens, a uh, a, a star a Barfleet captain is going to be one of the guests of honor. The first, uh, the longest serving female uh, Barfleet captain, who I know that you met, John. Uh, that would be uh, Lil from uh, the um, the Indecent. So oh, nice, so. <laughs> nice, nice. That's the ship that I want to serve on, the Indecent. <laughs> I love it. Excellent. Well, have a great time. Um, I expect to hear back uh, if you're capable uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best to be yeah. in good shape for Monday. All yes, right. please. We expect Take it to easy, see you. man. All right, All both right. of you have a great week. And we enjoy. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And uh, it looks like then waiting patiently, we have we have Paul. Paul, yes. who is joining us with video. Hello, Paul. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, John? How are you doing? Good. Hi. So, um, I wanted to talk about the change in Picard in the last 20 years. Oh, he's okay. grown. And he's, uh, especially in the very first episode, you see him both vulnerable and frightened when he's running up those stairs and he can't keep up. That was, that was quite distressing. <laughs> right. And um, I just felt that, he, you, know, he, he, you know, he's always been so strong. And here he was a fail. He failed. He couldn't save her. And she did all the work while he, you know, he waited. And, yeah. and then in the second episode, he was given the bad news by his doctor. No, no one wants to have a conversation with their doctor like that. And, um, and now he has to deal with it. I mean, all these characters, all these new characters, Ray, uh, Rafi, um, Rios, they're, they're all damaged. Mm-hmm. Come together. I mean, I guess Girardi's not damaged. Yeah, she's yeah. the optimist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, the, the other two, <clears throat> and Picard, they're going on this mission, and they're all just sort of, you know, it's like a last, the last hurrah. Yeah, no, not hurrah so much as try to get it back. You know, try to figure out. It's been fourteen years since Rafi and Picard have had anything to do with Starfleet or an adventure, and now they're trying to figure out a way to bring it back together. So, yeah, I think that was, that was quite an interesting shift in 20 years of not seeing Picard and seeing him new. And I liked you, f- you liked it. I like it. Yeah, I think a vulnerable, a vulnerable hero is way more interesting yes. than an uh, indestructible hero. So, yeah, I'm all, I'm all on board to find out how this is going to go. I still think they're, they're setting up the chest set for us still hey they, yeah. they're barely moving the pawn so we're you know we're just we're getting everyone in place but now you know warp speed and hopefully this is where the adventure really starts i want to see where it's going so, right. uh, <laughs> I, I think you're you're pointing out something that really struck me um when i first started watching picard which is well, clearly aging is going to be a theme here. Clearly aging is a big topic that will carry us through the entire series. And there are other big themes and some um, some very high concept ideas like AI and technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, there are kind of the political and social ideas to consider with Picard. But humanity and aging are right there in the forefront. And from the beginning, I felt like this was a much more nuanced and thoughtful and sensitive way to handle that than was done with the original series. And this is not to knock the Wrath of Khan. This is not to knock the arc that we got out of Kirk past that. But I feel like with a lot of those movies and a lot of those character moments, they would start 
And and you would have even back to the motion picture, you would have this idea of okay, Kirk is an admiral now, but he really wants to be out there in a ship, so he'll figure out a way to do that. Great, he's he's found his purpose again. But then in two, his decisions of life is kind of caught up with him. And here's Carol Marcus, and here's his son that he he has not been a part of in his life. But then by three, those characters are gone. Mm-hmm. And you know, bit by bit, it's like, well, they're they're getting older and we're losing friends, uh, but we still figure out a way to just sort of wrap it all up with a bow at the end. Um, I I think when those movies and when those character moments are are good, they are definitely firing on all cylinders. But I think what we're getting here is something that is a bit more profound mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully a bit more relatable. And and there was another way that I was looking at this too, which is, okay, the reality is we have a TV show that's, you know, 40, roughly 45 minutes an episode. And you have a lead actor who is, I think, 79, Patrick Stewart is, this moment. And in this TV show that has to appeal to a wide audience, we're going to have action. <laughs> so... What do you do when you have a lead actor who's 79 years old and you don't want to push the audience's credulity by just suddenly bringing in a stuntman and putting him in a bald wig and say, okay, go fight, go go do your thing. Well, no, what we're going to do is we're going to craft these action scenes where we actually acknowledge where he is in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the actor is 79, the character is 94, I think. So we know right from the get-go, he can't be just throwing himself around and doing crazy stunt sequences. So I, I, I think it's, um, for the most part, I think it's a smart way to deal with it. We have the other characters who can do these cool things, who can do the action stuff. I love that about our Romulan housekeepers, <laughs> as I mentioned at the top of the show. They get to go in there and do it, too. They're so awesome. They're great, right? Oh, I want them to have great. their own show. Totally, their, right? Their own movie and action <laughs> figures. I want the whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? What, are, 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 well, we, are, are, are we getting there with Picard, or are they just going to say, like, oh, okay, now he's a captain again, so now he's doing action? I, you know, I hope that they stay in this vein, and, and not only sort of from a, you know, practical story point, and I know that's not the, all you're saying, but, like, really, I, I have very strong feelings about our society and, and how we treat our elders uh, I, I think I've talked about this last week that, you know, we tend to just, they become irrelevant and it's like, wait a second. They're kind of the wisest people walking around for the most part. They've lived, they've seen some things and we should be looking to our elders. I mean, yes, yeah, some of them are whack and maybe you don't give the best advice or whatever, but there's plenty of wisdom there. And, and, they need to be respected yeah. and valued. And, and in, the, in the same way that, you know, as a woman, I, you know, and a woman of color, I'm fighting for to be seen as a woman with value, which is different than a man with value. And a lot of the roles that we see in storytelling are quite often a st- strong women who are really just, you know, it was written for a man and they were like, well, let's make her a woman now. And then she'll just be a hot version of who this guy was. Mm. And it's like, mm, how about where's the feminine qualities? Because those are actually a value in our society. Yeah. And where are the qualities of age and wisdom? And what does a person do when they can't rely on their bodies anymore? You know, what's his way? What's special about Picard at this time in his life? You know, it's like, you know, he so appreciates Raffi and what she can bring. He says that, she, you know, nobody's mind is like hers. Right. Let's keep exploring that about our elderly in society through story. Let's talk about what they have that young people don't. That's yeah. what I'd like to see happen. By the way, I just want to read a couple of comments here that uh, they were getting from people. Um, Steve Sheridan says, I love the scene where Picard walks by the captain's chair, looks at it, pauses, yes. and then moves on. 
so good subtle and well done yes you're absolutely right uh do not disagree with you there uh joy joy lucas says uh how about a laris funko pop so there we go yes 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 <laughs> i want that um uh, now ron says send picard to get rejuvenated like in the insurrection movie i i i can't i something about that sounds well it's it's artificial i mean mm-hmm. picard is a human being not a superhero and i think it takes away from that character's journey to just sort of wave a magic wand and say oh now you're young again that's not who that is and that that stops being relatable at a certain point i i want to see and, and uh, what i hope i was making the case for earlier is that i want to see these characters age gracefully mm-hmm. and we didn't always get that with our former cast we did no. I, I think we we did mostly with spock um but i think but it's I, the time I, for that in storytelling yeah you know i think it's the time yeah. for for us to all go no we don't have to i mean we need to tell that story in the world period that yeah that none of us need to change none of us need to be different in order to be a superhero right you know in order to be a value well, we just have now, to be ourselves. Well, so so far, they're they're writing for his age, so it's not yeah. like they're making him the action hero. They're showing that he he's incapable. You know, he's, he may try, but he he won't be able to do what he's yeah. been able to do in the past. I think that would be the danger: is that as someone who has been so vital and so active, to find himself in a situation where he physically can't handle it would be that's what i find we'll find yeah. interesting to see whether yeah, i think that's fascinating he can physically back himself off so. you know they talk about it in the in the scriptures of like the sanskrit texts uh of the ancient texts about the, we come to a certain time in life you should be <laughs> really spending it like meditating and preparing for death hmm. which i don't know about you but preparing for death like that's got to be some badass stuff right there. <laughs> like just getting okay with, oh, what existential anxiety? That's a tall order. And yeah. if that's what you have to spend, like if that's what's prescribed to do as the last, say, five, 10 years of your life, that's impressive yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you take that on. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, Paul, thank you so much for uh, for bringing up an excellent, thoughtful topic. Uh, yeah. I, that's something that I've wanted to talk about with this show since it started. And I, I feel like and I hope we will talk about it as it goes on. Because I, I really hope this is something that they explore very thoroughly as a theme here. So, Me too. Uh, so we'll, we'll do it again, okay? You bet. Have All right, man. Time have time a good time. night. Thank Bye-bye. you. Take care. Hey, uh, we do have, I believe, uh, Eric standing by. Before we get to that, Reka, if you would honor us with uh, telling people what else is on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Oh, let me just <laughs> just whip that up. Along and, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've got more things. Let me so tell many you. Things. We've got more shows to interest you. I mean, you already know about Mission Log and Mission Log Live. But we also have Priority One Podcast, which is a magazine-style show featuring all the happenings in the Star Trek multiverse. So you can join them for their live show Tuesday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We have Women at Warp. Yes, we do. I look at Star Trek through a feminist lens. I love these ladies. They're so smart and mm-hmm. so lovely. Um, the Trek Files, your weekly deep dive into the Roddenberry archive with Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek, rhymes, um, <laughs> daily Star Trek news. That's just like it sounds. Your dose of Star Trek daily, all the news that fits in about 10 minutes. And finally, a science show that entertains as well as it educates. Shabam! Give them a listen, and you can subscribe to them all at podcast.roddenberry.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, All right, so we have Eric, who has been waiting. And uh, Eric, you're uh, on the phone with us. Let's see here. Eric, are you there, sir? I am. Hi, Don. Hi, Rika. Hi. Welcome Um, to the show. So, oh shoot! I think my 
my wife didn't know I was going to be on the phone. I'm sorry, I'm on the phone. <laughs> sorry about that. Hey, you know, give, give her our best, please. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'm going to have to step outside so that she doesn't, I don't keep her up. Okay. No can you still hear me with the wind? We can. Yes. We can. And, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you're on hold a long time, so I really appreciate it. The floor is yours, sir. What, uh, what is on your mind tonight? Well, a um, couple of things. So um, my family, well, we just got CBSX All Access um, about uh, like in the late, late December. So we, we did a big binge of, of Discovery. Um, my wife couldn't make it through or past like two episodes into season two because the violence was just too much for her. Wow. Uh, it was it was yeah it's not um, i know you've been over the uh this about like the accessibility to kids and i i hate that i can't share with my kids but yeah. my wife who has been a star trek fan forever um i mean i even have if you were to go to my my uh twitter profile you'd see a pinned tweet of my wife in a uh blue next gen starfleet uh uniform holding a sign that says infinite diversity and infinite combinations oh. and she and she can't get through the, couldn't get through discovery because it was just so jarring it was disturbing her sleep and i hate that i yeah. i note the card seems to be a little better about this mm-hmm. compared to discovery but still there's still some the, some of those those fight scenes i think would still give her problems and I just don't see why it's necessary for it to be. Why? Why do we need people melting from acid? Right. Why do we yeah. need that? Yeah. Um, I look. I I hear you. And um, you know, to to address well, the, the word that you used was necessary. And I would go so far as to say, well, it's definitely not necessary. You know, um, what they're doing is a stylistic choice, and I think they have in mind, the writers, producers, directors, effects people, they, they have in mind sort of what they think their audience is and what fits best to tell their story to that audience. Now, I, I, I'm with you. You know, there, there are things that happen in Discovery, uh, especially Discovery, less so with Picard, uh, but things that happened in Discovery that I thought, huh, wow, would I have made the same artistic choice there? Maybe not. Maybe probably happened not. to me in Discovery. Sure, right. I mean, yeah, I, I did. you know, yeah, you, you know that you're talking to somebody who has uh, <laughs> been the, the yeah. uh, short end, end of the that. stick on that. Oh. Yeah. Um, but uh, if it's any consolation, I'm I'm looking forward to the idea that, you know, we've got Lower Decks coming, we've got a Nickelodeon show coming, we've got a Section 31 show coming, which I imagine will be kind of parallel. I, I know that'll probably be parallel to what we've explored in Discovery. But my point is, yeah. there is a lot of Star Trek to come. And I really hope and I truly believe that those shows will find the appropriate audience that they're looking for, you know? But, so, but, mm-hmm, go ahead. But, but Picard is his, but Picard is, is her captain. I mean, yeah. and the, the, the thought that she can't watch this about, especially when it's dealing with uh, rights of refugees and other such issues that, that are near and dear to her heart. Um, yeah. She still, she, she said that she's still going to try to do um, Discovery um, in a bit when she can watch it during the day, but it's still just rubs me the wrong way that it's giving her the, the these stylistic choices that they're making there on these shows are making it hard for some people to watch. Yeah. That is, that is very disappointing to hear. And I, my heart goes out to her because I do understand what that's like. Um, um, yeah. It, it, I mean, these I, shows I, don't affect me that way, but there are many shows that I just, I won't watch because of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I hear you, man. And, um, it, it's, it's kind of what I was saying with the profanity and, and that affects some people in some ways. Yeah. The, obviously the visuals here are, are having an effect that, uh, neither of you expected. And, and I, I want Star Trek to be this big tent for everybody. Unfortunately, there's no such thing as the, the yeah. entertainment package that truly is for everybody that, fires on all cylinders for everybody. Um, but I also don't want... The, I, I don't think they're making decisions specifically to keep people out. Um, but I honestly hope that they, they hear your concerns. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, if only we knew a producer here on Star Trek. <laughs> um, no, I, I really appreciate it. I, I, I think your your point is uh, well articulated and truthful, and um, you're not wrong. I, I just think that you know these shows aren't going to be for everybody, just like no show is truly for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I wish that uh, that more people felt like they were invited in. You know. Yeah. yeah. So. Hey, um, I really want to thank you for that, and I hope that you will uh, stick with us uh, as much as you can, and I hope that you will call back with us. That's that uh, we're up against the clock. Yeah, there's we, more. Pardon? I was just going to say, yeah, there uh, there are more things I had to talk to, uh, to you oh. about, but yeah, it's eleven, so maybe call, us back. Back. call us yeah, back. Call us back. Please call us back. It's my my greatest regret in life that this show actually has to end at some point. So uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank everybody else who was listening and uh, everybody else who was chiming in on the chat. Reka, thank you. Earl, thank you. We'll do this again next week. Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. Technical production on Mission Log Live by the indisputable Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Mission Log, Mission Log Live, Women at War, Priority One, Trek Files, start daily Star Trek news, and Shabam. If you would like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Thanks, everyone. And thanks everyone who joins us later. We're with you in the future. And we will talk to you next week. <laughs> Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.